Church partnership is today what today is all about. We call it Partnership Sunday. Uh, those of you that haven't been with us very long may not know that we have a church constitution, which is many, many pages long and took many, many months to put together and probably isn't 100% right, but uh, it's the best we could come up with. And within that constitution, it talks about being partners in the church. And partners uh, are required to renew their partnership every three years. And that's what today is all about. 2013 was the last time we did it. So uh, we're at the place now where we need to renew those. Those of you that are partners already uh, should have received a letter uh, within which there are partnership forms for you to sign. Some of you have already signed them and sent them back. Uh, some of them hopefully may have them with you today because that was what the letter asked you to do. Uh, if you haven't got it today, don't worry. I can have it off you in the next few weeks. Uh, if you haven't had one and would like one, then please see me at the end of the service and I'll be delighted to give you one. But uh, why do we need a church partnership? Well, I think there are there are several reasons, but certainly within the church context and within Christian context, there are perhaps two important decisions that you make. The first one is to accept Christ as Lord and Saviour, first and most important. But once you've done that and uh, have become a Christian, then perhaps I would suggest the second most important thing that you do is find a church. Because church is about fellowship, it's about being taught, it's about being developed, it's about being discipled. But you need to be in the right church, the church which God has prepared for you. And signing a partnership form, either today or as if you've already signed it, is about recognising that Nanitan Christian Fellowship is the church that God wants you to be in. I just want to give a, a little bit of personal testimony about how Lynn and I came to be in an Eaton Christian Fellowship way, way back in 1992 uh, when we first joined. At that time, Lynn and I had been out of a church for three years, I think it was, after, well, various reasons which I don't need to go into today. And a friend of ours came up to us and said, uh, I think you would like the Leighton Christian Fellowship. It's uh, on in the community centre at Whitestone. Why don't you go along and try it? Uh, and we were at the point then where we were, were starting to look again for a church and we thought, yeah, why not? It's, it's worth a go. So we went along to what we thought was the Leighton Christian Fellowship, but it was actually a different church. Uh, very cold and they didn't speak to us a lot. And the minister walked past us without even acknowledging us, uh, acknowledging us, and we thought, well, this is strange. Our friend wouldn't recommend something like this to us, I'm sure. So we were a bit disillusioned with that. But we saw him again in the week, and he said, no, 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 you went to the wrong place. So the second week, we went to what was then an Eaton Christian Fellowship at the community centre on Whitestone. And we had three quite pressing questions that we wanted answering uh, to 
if you like, confirm that we were in the right place. And during the course of the three weeks, the first three weeks that we went to that church, uh, God, in his fantastic way, brought three sermons concerning the three items that we had got questions about. And we spent more time in tears than we did anything else during those three weeks because we really knew that God was just showing us that, yes, he wanted us back in his church, and yes, this was the church that he wanted us to be in. As I say, that was in 1992. And uh, we've been in this church ever since. Uh, And after about 18 months, two years, I joined the leadership team and... uh, The rest, as they say, is history. So we were very clearly shown that this was the church that we needed to be in and that was the church where God wanted us to serve. Because God just doesn't put you in a church to fill a seat. God puts you in a church for a purpose. And those of you that have already signed your partnership forms, let me tell you, you are, you are in this church for a purpose. God has something for you to do. And if you haven't found that out yet, what it is, then please come before God and he'll show you. And then come and talk to me and we'll see what happens. So, that's where we are. And from there, I just want to go on to have a quick look at our partnership form. That's our partnership form. It's been revamped and updated. It was a tatty little piece of paper, but now we've, uh, we've brought it up to date. So uh, it's in pretty colours. Uh, but the wording is pretty much exactly the same as it was before. And it says that to enter into partnership in NCF is to accept the privilege and responsibility it is a privilege, and you do have responsibilities when you come into a church fellowship, of sharing the work of the gospel with NCF. Jesus states this work in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18-20, which I'm sure I don't need to repeat to you. And being a, in partnership within NCF is a declaration of three things. First, it's a declaration that God has placed you in this part of his family. And only you and God can know that and work it out between you that this is the place where God wants you to be. God very clearly showed Lynn and I that we ought to be here and I'm sure he's shown one or two others of you as well. Some of you may just be still thinking and pondering is this the place we should be? Uh, Just keep praying. God will eventually show you, I'm sure. Some friends of ours uh, had to move where they lived and they tried out several churches and I would advise you if that's where you are to try out several churches before you make a decision and don't be in a hurry about it God's not in a hurry if you don't feel you're in a position to uh, commit yourself to a particular church at the moment then don't worry about it just keep praying took them nine months to make that decision. So, you know, God doesn't hurry you. So God has placed you in this part of his family. 
Secondly, that you accept that you have a spiritual responsibility in NCF and that you are willing and ready to share and receive fellowship as well as contribute your part to this work. In other words, you're not there just to be a bum on a seat, to put it crudely. God has you here for a reason and you have responsibilities within NCF. And thirdly, and this is an important one for me and one or two others, that you will work with and support the church leadership whose task is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's no good me standing here or Nick before me or John as he starts to come into leadership if you're not supporting us and following us and helping us We can't do it by ourselves. We can organise whatever we like, but if people don't come along, then there's not much point in it. And we can teach you what we believe are biblical truths, but unless you're acknowledging them and putting them into practice in your own lives, then there's not a lot of point in us saying them. So we need your help, we need your support. We need your love. And we need your prayers. Anyone who says being in Christian leadership is easy, come and try it. I can assure you it's not. It's far from easy. There are lots of things that come up because you're dealing with people. Take the people away, it'd be brilliant. But we're here to serve as shepherds to you and all the problems that you encounter and share with us along the way. So... We need your love, we need your support, and we need your prayers. So please keep praying for us. And then there are three types of partner within the Neaton Christian Fellowship. You can become a full partner. And as it says on this form, that partner will regularly attend meetings in NCF and be fully involved in church life. And then you can become an associate partner. And that's someone who wishes to be involved in the life of NCF, but for reasons of distance, etc. If they go off to university, or if uh, they move away to somewhere but still want to be involved, then they become an associate. Because they cannot regularly attend meetings, and they can't really play a full part in the life of the church, but they want to be part of the church. They want to hold an interest in the church. And they become associate partners. And then we have junior associates, which is anyone under the age of 16, really, who wants to acknowledge that they're part of the family in NCF, but obviously because of their age, uh, can't sign the form by themselves, and we get their parent or guardian to sign alongside them to say that they're in agreement with that young person uh, becoming an associate partner. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, it says, By God's grace, I have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, and having been born again, I trust him alone for the forgiveness of my sins. I.e., you have a living, personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And that's why you want to take part in what's happening within the Neaton Christian Fellowship.
So what that is, why the form is there. It's also a legal requirement from the Charities Commission that we show that we have people who are part of an elite Christian fellowship so that we can continue to be a charity. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's a very minor part of what it's about. Yeah, it's there and we need to do it. But the main part of becoming a partner in NCF is to show your heart for working within this church. To show your heart for wanting to be involved in the work which goes on here. And to show that you love and care for the people that are around you. I could be so bold as to say that doesn't necessarily mean you have to like them. Because we don't like everybody, do we, if we're honest? Some people we find more difficult to get along with than others. But that's not what a Christian love is about. Christian love is about reaching out and embracing them despite your differences. Praying with them, caring for them, and being family. God is all about relationships. He put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and walked with them regularly and had conversations with them because he wanted fellowship with them. They messed that up a bit, as we know, but God still wants that relationship with each one of us. And he wants us to have that relationship with each other as well. So that we can build, help him. We don't build it, we can help him to build his church in this estate. Some of you will know that we were given this building as a place to come and to worship and to reach out onto this estate. And God's hand was very present in that coming about. And as a leadership, we really believe that God did that with a specific purpose in mind. And so we need to honour God in the honouring that he brought to us and the blessing that he brought to us through this building. It's been great to see over the years that the building has expanded in the way in which it is used. When we first came here, there was one meeting happening once a fortnight. Now, uh, practically every day of the week, there's something going on here. Not least of, least of which is our uh, Mums and Tots group called Sunshine Corner, which started, I don't know, five years ago now? with 12 children and a band of three or four people who had a real vision to reach out to the young people on this estate and their mums and dads as well. We now regularly have between 45 and 55 children being brought by their parents. And I'm told by outside people, not by anybody within the church, that this is the best mums and tots group in the town. And for that reason, we're also the biggest mums and tots group in the town. So big that we've actually got to have a waiting list. It's something we prayed about for a long time before we introduced it because we didn't want to turn anybody away. But with health and safety restrictions, etc., etc., we've had to put a waiting list up. But believe it or not, those mums come and put their name on that waiting list and they wait patiently, not for weeks but for months. And they'll come in every so often and say, is there a place yet? 
And then each September, when the, uh, when the June, July, when the children go away and we have a new term start, Bev, who is uh, running it, phones them up and they say, oh great, we can come along. And you know, the most popular part of that is the see and know section. We had one little girl who brought her granddad along at Christmas to show him where she came to Sunshine Corner. And he came in and said, do you mind if we have a look around? I said, of course I don't. And the first thing that she wanted to show him was the see and know room. And she said, Granddad, this is where I learn about Jesus. We thought that when we put the God slot in, as it's called, it would turn people away. Quite the reverse. We've only had one person ever in the whole five years object to it. People love it and they want to be part of it. So if you want to be part of the vision of this church, if you want to be involved in a real way, then please, if you haven't already, take a partnership form and sign it up. Because not only is it a way of expressing your desire to be serving this church, it's also a great encouragement to those of us that lead it that there are people who are committed to helping to run this place. But I want to look now at a passage of scripture because I don't think a sermon is complete without looking at a passage of scripture contrary to what some people think and not surprisingly I want to look at that passage in Ephesians which is quoted in our partnership form it's a passage which was given to us at the very beginning when we first started talking about partnership so let's just uh, just have a read through it it's Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 16 Ephesians 4 11 to 16 it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's clear from this and other passages that the Christian church came about not through any human wisdom or human will, nor is it ruled by any human authority. God brought about the Christian church and is its head, and indeed we're told in the 
Bible in Matthew 16, 18 that Jesus stated, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. That's why when we're looking for vision and direction for the church, we first above everything else pray and seek to hear God's will for us to follow. But having established the headship of the church, God did not leave it there. He, as this passage in Ephesians tells us, called and gifted people into specific roles to help to equip God's people for works of service. Some of them are named apostles who were sent out by Jesus to proclaim his message and establish his church under his authority and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Prophets. Prophecy has been defined as the proclamation of the divine word, both orally and sometimes in written form, as an expression of God's perspective on right and wrong. His displeasure with sin, his pleas for repentance, and his promise of future salvation. Paul tells us in Corinthians that prophecy should be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting to the saints. He also warns that there will be false prophets, so all prophecy should be weighed carefully by others to establish that it is God's word. Some to be evangelists, that is, people who publicly proclaim the good news. We are all, every one of us, called to evangelize. Tells us that in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. But some are given the specific gift of evangelism. Only the Holy Spirit can bring forth the forgiveness of sins. But evangelists are called to make sure non-believers hear the good news in order that they can make a choice. Some to be pastors and teachers who are to shepherd and serve God's people and look after both their spiritual and physical well-being as well as feeding them on the truth of God's word and also to model that truth in how they live out their lives. It needs to be both informative and a lifestyle modelling the truth we are teaching to be effective. One without the other leads to people in the church being called hypocrites. We don't only have to preach God's word, we have to live it out in our lives as well. Whilst there are those given to this specific calling, as I say, we all have a responsibility to model our faith to our families and friends so that they can see Christ in us. Why did God create these offices? We're told to prepare God's people, or as another translation puts it, for the equipping of the saints. The Greek word used here is uh, katartism, katartism, 
It's used in surgery for setting a broken limb or putting a joint back into place. Mark uses it in Mark 1.19, referring to men mending their nets. And in Galatians 6.1, it's used of restoring a fallen brother. The idea then is putting something, and in this case God's people, into the best condition they can be in through the preparation that they're given. And what are we preparing God's people for? Works of service, we are told, or for the work of the ministry. We're clearly told in Ephesians 2.10 that we all have work to do. Becoming a Christian isn't about accepting Christ and then sitting back and waiting for your salvation and your eternal life. God has works of service for us to do. And as with all jobs, we are much better prepared for it and do it much better if we've been properly trained in the first place. No job is greater than any other and it may well be that some of us are needed to meet the physical needs of others and some the spiritual needs and some both. But what is important is not the job but the servant heart and willingness to follow God's leading that we do it with. In this way we will honour and please God. As we see, the fulfilment of these verses in the life of the church and the individuals that comprise it, then we will see not only a growth in individuals in the church, which is great, but also maturity in the life of the church as each person plays their part. We will see the truth spoken out in love, both through words and actions, as people live out their faith for others to see. As we live in the holy fear of the Lord and live out our lives in service to each other and those around us, demonstrating God's love and unity at every opportunity. Then there is a verse in Acts 9.31 that I think we can take encouragement from. That verse says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. As I said at the beginning, if you know that God has placed you in this place for a purpose, then please, if you haven't already, sign and return your partnership form to me as an indication of your commitment to God's plans and purposes for NCF and your willingness to play whatever part God has for you to bring glory to his name in this place. I just want to finish by emphasising that there may be those of you who, for whatever reason, do not want to sign a partnership form at this time, but do feel very, part, very much part of what NCF is and is doing. Signing a form of commitment 
or not is not the issue here. It's your heart for God and for God's work in this place that is the most important. You are just as much a part of God's family here as anyone else. And we all love you dearly as sons and daughters of God. So please, don't feel any pressure to sign a form just to conform. If you're not ready at the moment, then there may come a time when it's right for you to sign it. And when that time comes, all you need to do is come and ask, and I'll be delighted to give you the form. But it's about heart. It's about service. It's about love. And it's about family. Let's pray. Father, as we renew our partnership with you by whatever means in this church, help us to deepen our faith in you, our relationships with each other and with those around us, so that we may live out our lives for your glory and see your name raised high on this estate. In Jesus' precious name, amen.